everyone. Welcome to Soulmates Podcast. I'm Emily. And I'm Rachel. Today, we're going to be reviewing a Chinese drama, which is a little different for us, but we saw it on Netflix and thought, why not? Why the fuck not? You know, we were just Netflixing and chilling, and we just decided to pick this one. Out of all the Korean dramas we could have picked, we decided to go with a Chinese drama for once. Yeah, so this one is called Love O2O, and the O2O is supposed to be like an emoticon. Yes. Because guess what? This is about... <laughs> gamers! <laughs> yes, this is about online gaming. A romance between two gamers. So this Chinese drama came out in 2016, and it is a television series that's based upon the novel A Smile is Beautiful, which was written by Guman, and it stars Zhang Shuang and Yang Yang. They've been in some other stuff, but I think they're kind of known for this. They're both very young. So. Yes, they are. Very doe-faced. Zhang, I swear to God, has the skinniest arms I've ever seen on a human woman. Yes. <laughs> she is... A skinny legend. Yeah. I could not believe. They put her in, like, an outfit that was sleeveless, and I was like, whoa. Yeah. So this is actually one of the most watched Chinese modern dramas with over 24 billion views online. So while this was airing, it was extremely popular. So popular that Netflix bought the international rights. Yeah, and I think just based on what we saw, I think that was a worthy decision, too. There's a lot of episodes. There's actually 30 total episodes to watch. And that's actually not that uncommon for Chinese dramas. Korean dramas, I feel like they could be like 12 episodes or they could be like 40 episodes. But Chinese dramas usually have quite a few episodes because they're aired multiple days a week. Yeah. So they'll air on like Saturday and Sunday or it'll be like Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday. A lot of these are filmed ahead of time, which is great. Mm-hmm. Some Korean shows aren't. <laughs> Yeah, some Korean shows put their actors and actresses through quite a grueling schedule, so much so that they may be editing an episode the day before it's released, which I think is fucking nuts, but... I mean, that that's crazy. Yeah, and it, it just, it leads to mistreatment of the actors and actresses and everybody that goes into, you know, making those shows, so film ahead. So this show is actually filmed on location in China. When we were watching it, I'm like, where in China is this? It's so beautiful and green. It looked like like a suburb. It was, like, immaculate. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it's actually filmed on a real college campus, and the dorm rooms they had, it was so large. They and, were so nice. And the hallways looked like, like you were in King's Landing at Game of Thrones. I was like, what is going on? Yeah. It's actually a real-life university in Shanghai called Songjiang University Town, and the buildings that they used specifically from this campus were the East China University of Political Science and Law and the Shanghai Commercial Plaza. So, it's all in Shanghai. It was absolutely beautiful. Like, it kind of makes it seem like the university we went to, like, those dorm rooms were shitty. <laughs> Here's some cinder blocks Seriously. and a window that won't open. Yeah, that'll be um, three grand. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it seems like all of the, the rooms were like sweet style. Yeah, so. and that's, that's really nice too, honestly. So let's read a quick synopsis of the show. Bei Weiwei, 
who is played by Zhang Shuang, is the computer department goddess who excels in her studies. She aspires to be an online game developer and goes by the user ID of Lu Wei Weiwei in the online role-playing game A Chinese Ghost Story. After she gets dumped by her online husband, she gets approached by the number one player who suggested that they get married so they both can participate in a couple competition within the game. The newly formed couple instantly hit it off and undergo many adventures together in the game. However, Weiwei never expected the real identity of her virtual husband to be her college senior, Xiao Nai, who is played by Yang Yang, who is described as the cream of the crop in both sports and academics. When Weiwei discovers his true identity, they have already fallen in love with each other. Aww. <laughs> Together, they overcome numerous misunderstandings and obstacles standing in their way of their budding relationship. This perfect human girl meets this perfect, perfect human boy. <laughs> Emily's laptop did not like that. It was like, please insert a disc. (laughs) How dare you talk about humans? (sighs) That was amazing. That is a really good idea of what the show is about. Mm -hmm. These two people meet online, but they actually go to the same university, and they fall in love. In love. Love (laughs) 2.0. A lot is said in this show about how beautiful Weiwei is. They're like, there was a beauty contest and she came in second. She's like the departmental goddess. There's no women in these computer programs, but like there are women in the computer programs and the the episodes that we saw, just not a lot. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it seemed like it was still like the majority of the department was male as it is most places. Honestly, like that's not a unique thing. I also liked how Weiwei's character, like, even though she came in second in the beauty contest, it's not like she was bringing that up all the time or even really gave two shits about it. She didn't really care that she was the goddess of the computer science department. That was more something that other people said in the episodes that we watched. Like, constantly. Constantly. When, When other people who were not her friends were referring to her, that is what they constantly brought up. Yeah, and I almost feel like her character didn't draw attention to that because while, yes, she is probably confident in her looks, she doesn't want that to be all that she's known for because when you actually watch the series, she is a really good online game player of this game that they're playing, a Chinese ghost story, and she's really smart and good in classes. She's not just a pretty face, you know? And I think that's kind of the personality that she exudes. She doesn't want to draw attention to that because... She wants to be known for other things. So there are two other people who I think we need to talk about. Zhao Urshi, Weiwei's best friend and doormate. Uh, she's bright and cheerful, but can be oblivious and stubborn at times. This is true. <laughs> you can tell who she is because she has the pixie haircut. Yep. She falls for Cao Guang in the game Dreaming of Jiang Hu as Cao Guang mistook her web name for Weiwei's and started to befriend her. Cao Guang is actually a second year foreign studies student. He speaks a couple of languages. He's well known for his talent and his intelligence, but he's also pretty cynical and he's kind of known for being a little bit of an a-hole. He initially misunderstood Weiwei, but he later develops a friendship and then he gets a crush on her. And then, of course, because Weiwei is falling in love with someone else, (laughs) you know, he actually ends up with Urshi, her friend, because they connect over a game that is not a Chinese ghost story. I actually thought that was kind of an interesting twist because in the typical Korean dramas, you usually have your female lead, your male lead, your secondary male lead, and sometimes the secondary female lead, which could be like the villain, quote unquote. Yeah. Or, or you know, the friend. 
Mm-hmm. But usually it's the male lead and the secondary male lead who are in, like, a love triangle over the girl. And, like, obviously the girl doesn't end up with the secondary male lead. But I thought this was interesting that they basically go from enemies to friends pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And, like, he likes her, but it doesn't seem like he's, like, totally hung up on her at all. Yeah. And, like, actually is able to get over his crush Mm -hmm. without any harsh feelings towards her. Wow. I know. Men, take note. (laughs) Yeah, and her friend is, like, super supportive of her, Mm -hmm. and they don't study the same thing. No. Um, She's, like, a film studies person, I think. It was, like, film or history, I think. She's actually in a class with Gal. When they showed them together in class, I was like, huh. And then they have this, like, slapstick scene where she kind of like kicks him out of the seat and the professor is like shut up (laughs) shut up and i was like that seems like a really like romantic seed planting yeah um and i was like hmm but he kind of is showing that he likes way way but hmm and yeah it comes to fruition. <laughs> yeah, there's also this, like, subplot of the girl who won the beauty contest in their school, and she really is already in love with the guy that Weiwei is secretly, not secretly, but unknowingly, quote-unquote, married to in the game that she is playing. And there's a whole thing where they're trying to get internships as college students, and they're, like, interviewing at the company, and her two friends have never played a game before, so they have to, like... There's this whole snafu with usernames, and that's how Cao Guang first gets confused, I think, about who is who. Shenanigans. Definitely college place shenanigans. I also really like this drama because not a lot of dramas are set in college, I feel. They're either in high school or in some amorphous time in adulthood. Uh, You rarely see a college drama. I also like that there is, like, quite a few characters in this. Yeah. It's kind of focused on, like, the four female characters in their dorm and then the four male characters in their dorm. Mm -hmm. And then some peripheral characters. But there's, like, a lot of people and, um... They're all, like, really good friends with each other. There is, like, the villain girl, but mm-hmm. she she's not really in it so much. Yeah, the villain girl is the girl that won the beauty contest. She's, like, the prettiest girl on campus or whatever. Yeah, I mean, of course, right? Y- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just good to, like, watch stuff with people who are friends. And, like, yeah. we game online with our friends, you know? Totes. I'm on Discord playing Overwatch with my friends. <laughs> It was a lot of, like, really relatable gamer moments. (laughs) Speaking of gamer moments, they animated the stuff in the game. Yeah, and I think they did it in such a way where it was easy to tell what was reality and what was not. So I thought that was a smart move on their point. But it didn't come across necessarily so cheesy you couldn't watch it. It rode that fine line, which I thought was nice. The CGI was good enough so that it wasn't distracting. Yeah. But it obviously, you know, wasn't, like, good enough for us to forget (laughs) that we're watching them in a game. Right. (laughs) And then, like, a lot of people wore really long wigs and, you know, costumes and stuff like that. They did a lot of wire foo when fighting in the game. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. One thing I found interesting, though, was that no one got on, like, a voice chat Everyone was only typing to each other. But when you're playing an MMO where you're fighting, that's kind of hard to do both. Yeah, definitely. Maybe I'm just not skilled enough. I don't know. 
Maybe, or maybe they were using some sort of, like, voice-to-text. Well, the boys would always game in the same room. Yeah. So you don't need to be on, like, a voice chat if you're in the same room. But Weiwei would be talking to them, and she'd be, like, typing, but also playing. And I was like, huh? (laughs) Yeah, that seems rather difficult. (laughs) You know, one hand on the keyboard, one hand on another keyboard. (laughs) Maybe Mandarin is easier to type while you're, like, playing with another hand. Maybe you can one-hand it. I don't know. I, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. But that's one thing that I noticed <laughs> that I was like, huh. Yeah. <laughs> that that was the one unrealistic moment, you can say. Another thing that made me go, huh, <laughs> was that Weiwei was playing at, like, an internet cafe mm-hmm. and kind of left her account just up. Yeah. So uh, the guy that she was interested in could be like, oh, my God, that's her. I've seen her in real life, and, like, now I know what her username is. Yeah. But she's constantly gaming on her laptop. Then why go to an internet cafe? I feel like the the plot that set that up is something about, like, they didn't have internet at their place. Or, like, her Maybe computer was on the fritz or something. Yeah. I think there was a plot point that drove her to the internet cafe, but obviously it was to drive the plot farther along for him to discover her username and all that good stuff, so. I mean, internet cafes are great. I have a crappy laptop. I can't game on my laptop. I have to game on a desktop. So if I was out and about in another country and I wanted to game, yeah, I'd go to an internet cafe. Hells yeah. And they're super cheap. Yeah, that would be really nice. I, I wonder why internet cafes aren't more popular here. I feel like we're all like just addicted to our personal device and that's it. Number one, I feel like online gaming isn't as big as it is in Asia. Because people like, you know, gaming on their PlayStations and Xboxes and Switches and stuff like that. Not saying that they don't do online gaming. That is a big part. But I feel like the online gaming culture is much larger in Asia than it is here. But, you know, like when we go to Momocon, we use their computers because they're super fast. That's true. I love doing that. If we had a legit internet cafe here with legit gaming computers, I wouldn't mind going and spending some time there because, you know, sometimes you don't want to boot something up on your own computer that's running slow. Yeah. I also think that, like, there's benefits, too, of living in places like South Korea where the internet is just so so much faster than it is here. Oh, my God, yeah. Like, Like, my internet here sucks. But yeah, another reason I'd go to an internet cafe. Yeah, I I think it could be big that way, too. I just feel like the collectivistic culture isn't there for us. Everybody wants to have, like, their own thing and be in their own house doing their own game. Whereas I feel like in places like China, places like South Korea, it's more of a collectivistic culture, which just means that people like to, you know, be around each other and support each other more. It's more of a community-based thing. So you would go with all of your friends to an internet cafe, see people you know, and, like, play a game together. Mm -hmm. So I think that could be an aspect of it, too. But anyways, that was our tangent. (laughs) I think my main issue with the concept of this show was, like, perfect gamer girl meets perfect gamer boy, and they're perfect together. I know it's a thing with Chinese dramas where they're afraid to have people not be perfect if they're supposed to be the lead. Yeah. You know, they're supposed to be like a role model. But like, the male lead in this is handsome, smart, rich, Mm -hmm. good at gaming. I think the only unattractive attribute with him is that he's kind of sneaky. Yeah. And that's kind of it. Ooh, he's kind of sneaky. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. that that's, like, it. And, and I guess 
I mean, that's not like a deal breaker, you know, he's just a little sneaky. Yeah, but, but I mean, you want to have depth to your characters, too. You want there to be some intrigue there, because people in real life don't have it all together like that. If someone has all those things, then they're probably an asshole, too. Like, they're not nice. They're not gonna, you know, go after the girl who's quiet and smart and pretty, you know? They're maybe not gonna even notice her. I also didn't really get the aspect of online game marriage. That's a weird concept for me because I don't really play a lot of video games. I pretty much just play like multiplayer Minecraft if I'm feeling frisky. And Stardew Valley. And Stardew Valley. (laughs) You know, really low-key games like that. Nothing really where I'm fighting anybody, but I haven't heard of any type of marriage or anything on like World of Warcraft or Overwatch or things like Diablo. That hasn't really been a concept that I've been exposed to in any games that are popular that I know of. Have you heard of marriage in games as, like, boosting power or anything like that or being useful? I do not play MMOs. That's not to my taste. I have never really heard of that. I'm sure it's out there. I think it might be a thing that is unique to Asia-specific games. Okay. But, yeah, I've... I've never played a game like that. I've played, like, Fire Emblem, where you can marry characters together, but I've never played a game where your character marries someone else's character. Yeah, I mean, like, in Stardew Valley, you can marry somebody, too, but that's an NPC. It's yeah. not somebody else, you know? Yeah, I've I've never encountered that. Yeah. I thought that was a little odd, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> that was the one thing that I was, like, thrown off by. I'm like, wait, you have an in-game marriage? <laughs> that's so weird, but... You know, it makes the plot flow, so it is what it is. I mean, I guess it's like, you have a work husband? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Tell me about your online husband, (laughs) you know? Yeah. I don't know. If any of you guys have ever played a game like that, please let us know how it went, and if you are still together with your online spouse, or if you got divorced. Yep. Because Bei Weiwei was not afraid of getting a divorce. She was like, okay, cool, bye. See you later, boy. See you later. <laughs> yeah, and he was like, do you want a sword pack? And she was like, nope, fuck you, bye. <laughs> She's like, I don't need your divorce gift. Yeah. <laughs> let's do our ratings. So let's rate the acting first. I will rate the acting at a three and a half out of five. Yeah, I, f- I feel like that's fair. Yeah, I felt like some moments where it was supposed to be more emotionally charged fell flat for me. I felt like they could have done a little bit better, but I also feel like these actors and actresses are young and maybe don't have a lot of experience under their belt, so I forgive them for that. I feel like everyone did a pretty okay job. The only, like, over-the-top hammy characterizations I got were from the mean girl, pretty much. Yeah. It can be hard to try to be a reserved mean bully girl. Yeah. Everyone else, I feel like, did a pretty okay job, but you could tell that they're green. Yes. Okay, let's do the writing and the plot. I'm going to give it a three out of five. I'm going to go with three and a half again. Yeah, I felt like this is a good concept for a show. I like that they were able to show the real life and the in-game life. And most things were not too contrived or weird in the plot. For the most part, it naturally flowed. Though I feel like it was a little weird that Weiwei didn't want to prove that she was a girl. She could have just gotten on voice chat. 
There was, like, one instance, like, her first husband basically divorced her because he's like, you're actually a man, you won't send me your photo, which is super gross. Yeah. But still, she could have got on voice chat, a fuck you. Yeah. (laughs) You know? So I thought that was kind of a little weird, but everything else was totally fine. Yeah, I gave it a three and a half just because I felt like it was rather predictable. Usually Emily's really great at guessing plot as it happens or before it happens. Usually I'm not that great at it, but I pretty much could tell what was going to happen next. And for me, that is just not a good thing. (laughs) I don't want to know what's going to happen next. And it was formulaic in that aspect to me. It's a formula I've seen before. I feel like the only show that we've watched that I had no clue what was going to happen was W. Yes. That was the only thing I I was just like, what the fuck? (laughs) That was a good-ass show. We actually have an episode in our archives, look for it, where we review W, which was truly a twisting and turning show where we could not guess what was going to happen next. It was, dare I say, a thriller K-drama? Yeah. It was intense. So let's rate the technical side. So basically everything that's not the acting or the script. So the score, the cinematography, even the lighting. I'm going to be boring, but three and a half again. Like I said earlier, the juxtaposition between real life and the video game I thought was handled really well. In addition to the video game graphics, I felt like they weren't too cheesy. However, I felt like the angles and shots that they used were contrived, you know, stuff I've seen before. They didn't do anything crazy with the cinnamon photography, and I think that just kind of goes with how the whole drama is. I'm actually going to give it a four. I was really impressed with how they filmed their sets. Like, seriously, I could not tell where this was, and I was really shocked that they were able to film this on, like, a real college campus. Mm. Everything I felt was lit correctly. Yes. Which, after watching Game of Thrones, where I'm squinting, oh my God, yeah, because it's so fucking dark, I can't see what's going on. I just really like that everything was lit correctly, and I could see everything on my screen. Yeah, I was like, wow, this is what it's like. This is living. Yeah, they did have really good lighting, and I thought their location choice was really beautiful. Yeah, it it wasn't. It didn't hurt to look at. It just didn't do anything like out of the ordinary for me. I also feel like the color palette for this show is really colorful, especially yes. in the in-game world. Yes. Um, which, you know, hey, some shows are, like, afraid of color, which is so stupid. I loved how vibrant it was, actually. Yeah. Now that you say it, I, I remember how it was just, like, the saturation was pushed up a little bit. Like, that just makes for a more visually entertaining, visually captivating shot. There was lots of reds, lots mm-hmm. of greens, lots of deep blues, uh, pinks. I really liked it, and it made the online scenes better. So that was what we thought about Love O2O. A Mandarin drama for gamers. (laughs) Attention gamers. No anime beyond this point. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Let's wrap up this episode with our weekly recommendations. My weekly recommendation is... Get It by Priston V. Rest in peace. R.I.P. My recommendation is Famous by Taman. Ooh, that music video was um, an experience. Watch it alone. Watch it alone. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. You can find Soulmates Podcast on Facebook, facebook.com slash soulmatespodcast. 
You can find us on Tumblr at soulmatespodcast.tumblr.com. You can find us on Instagram at soulmatespodcast. You can find us on YouTube at soulmatespodcast. Send us an email at soulmatespodcast at gmail.com. You can listen to Soulmates Podcast anywhere podcasts are found, including Spotify. If you're feeling generous, you can leave us a tip on coffee.com. The link is on Facebook. We are 75% of the way to our goal of buying a soundboard to increase our sound quality. So if you like this episode and you have a few extra dollars, please consider donating to our cause so we can have a better sounding podcast. Yeah, please. Yay. And if you can't afford to do that, we understand. Um, please rate our podcast on iTunes then and leave a review. We would love that. Yes. Thank you. And we're going to be at Dragon Con, so make sure that if you're at Dragon Con, you check out the Silk Road programming. We're going to be there Saturday and Sunday. We've been doing it for the past three years. It's been super fun, and I hope to see all of you guys there. Have a great week, and we'll see you next Friday. Bye! Bye!